Hey, yo, you ready? Let's do it. What's going on, guys? My name is Luke, and we are starting a new podcast called Three is Company. It's true, Three's Three's Company. This is the pilot episode. Uh, I got my brother here, longtime best friend, may as well be brother, Jack. Let's kick it over to Simon to start. What's up, guys? Simon here. Uh, might hear me referred to as Skiboski from time to time. Super excited about the podcast. I'm going to kick it off to Jack. Yo, what's up? They call me Jacko or Boogie around here. Don't really know why. Jacko kind of comes from their dad fucking with me my whole life. But um, yeah, you know, let, let's get into it. And just a little background as, as to the podcast. Uh, you know, we, we want to discuss things, give our takes on things generally about the, the topics, the stories, the things that you see, the thoughts you may have in your mind that you would never vocalize, we're going to give our takes on it. We're going to shed some light on some ideas. Hopefully, we'll give you guys some laughs and uh, give you some cool takes on stuff. Real so, enlightening stuff, as I would like to say. All right. So what do we got first on the docket today? All right. So to get, to get things rolling here, something that always pops into my mind, and you'll see it on a daily basis, is the jobs that you have no idea how people get out of bed in the morning to go do. It, it really dawned on me the other day. So I work downtown and I'm looking outside. I'm on the 15th floor. Great view. Great view. Cleaning windows. I got a fear of heights. I couldn't do it. What's the starting salary for you guys to full-time everyday clean windows? Well, what city am I doing it in? Am I doing it in Cleveland or New York City? Because that's a big difference. Am I in Washington, D.C. where not any buildings higher than the Capitol? Because that changes things. Because you could most likely survive a fall. High rises stay the same. Cities may change. 50 or above. 50 or four or above. Fuck that. I think as somebody who is not, I wouldn't say afraid of heights, but somebody who gets uncomfortable very quickly in a situation like this, minimum salary quarter mil <laughs> here's the thing like i won't even i won't even zip line like do anything that even puts a risk of me getting hurt or my life at line let alone every day i'm like one snapped rope you know one little tremor in the ground movement away from like literally falling off this building and dying so i can't put i can't put a dollar amount on my life so like that one is like for sure out i can quarter mil <laughs> Quarter mil, that's what it takes. Let me ask you this. You think if you're falling from a height like that, 40, 50 stories, when you hit the ground, are you splatting or are you crunching? <laughs> There's a crunch factor. I'm not so worried about hitting the ground as I am the two and a half seconds before I get there. Yeah. That's that's what that's what kills me. I agree. What price would you put on it? How much would you need? daily and i'm not talking about getting also if i take this job i better get paid at least every friday none of this two weeks bullshit because if i'm out there risking my life every day i need to know that me and mine are secure I, if i'm out there risking my life i'd like a rate of the most competitive attorney hourly in that city i live in find that person whatever they make civil action lawsuits that's my number i think for me i gotta know the facts like, I, I don't like because like you were saying, Boogie, like, you know, you can't put a price tag on your life. So for me, 
you, not on my life, but there's a price. Everybody has a price, Everybody but I gotta know the price. I gotta know the facts behind it. Like I don't, you know, I'm not showing up for a job, and they're like, yeah, you know. Randy was a good one, but you know, I don't give a shit about facts. There's one person sometime that's died from it. I don't want to make it too. Buddy, people drop dead in office buildings every day from a heart attack. That's fine. That's fine. I work out. I eat pretty clean. They do. You know, people drop dead working out, buddy. Yeah. See, I don't necessarily, you know, people are like, you know, don't let the fear. People don't drop dead cleaning windows, though, because people don't do that regularly. Luke, what what is your price? So if I if I had in front of me the stats of how many window cleaners annually in a first world country, we're going to throw the third worlds out crunch via pavement every year. I think 250 is a good number. Yeah, but. If if I'm let's say my number is one a year, we lose one from the workforce annually. I think I could bargain and get three fifty. Three fifty is a shoe in. Is if I get to bring my own harness, I I, I could do it for three fifty. And you know these poor fuckers are probably getting paid sixty thousand dollars a year. Buddy, go down less than that. Really? Yeah, you don't need a college. That's, that's work release. Bill. Yeah, dude, you don't need a. You don't need a degree to go clean windows in a high-rise. True. All right, so we just got back from a trip in Mississippi. When was that? Last week? Last week. And we sat down in a restaurant in the boonies of Mississippi. Where we all got the same meal, ribeye with mashed potatoes on the side. And they all bring us out this thin piece of meat. And we finished the meal. It was phenomenal, wasn't it, Jack? It was great. It was it was it was wonderful. Luke, did you really have a good just meal? great. Fantastic meal. Oh, nice God. rub on that steak. When's the last time you and your friends went out to eat and everybody had a good meal? It's been a while, I bet. Anyways, hard when we go out with you, Skibo. So, all right, chill. Anyways, we at the Threes Company podcast had developed a theory that when it comes to steaks, I would prefer my meat to be thin. Luke, why is this? It's tough. And before before I go into it, I'm gonna ask everybody. To Get a step so I'll hop off your high horse. Please. Because I know I'm, I'm a filet guy. No. No. <laughs> Trust me. The steak is made by how it's cooked. The amount of times that I've gone to a nice restaurant, you'll, you'll get a great cut of meat, whatever, A1, Wagyu, yada, yada, and it's raw or it's, it's like jerky. The thinner the meat, the better the cook. I mean, I, I, like Simon said, I agree. I agree. You get more flavor too. I mean, look, here's the thing. The place where you're at was, you know, a little divey, you know, definitely not up to the standards of, you know, your typical, your Reds, your Ruth's Chris, Morton's Steakhouse. You know, there was no napkins folded on the table, but I think that's what, what led into how great it was cooked. Cause like Luke said, like, you can go somewhere and like the piece of meat can literally be like $80, you know, to like buy from the cow because it's whatever. But, you know, they could fuck it up when they cook it and like it's so thick and you get to it and you're like, wow, like I've had some good bites. But at the same time, like, you know, it's a little rough in the middle or, you know, like whatever. You just don't like it. But like this steak we had, man, like it was so thin. <sighs> it's cooked through like you could eat every every bite. Like it was just melting. And, uh, you know, I really chalk it up to the chef. Honestly, guys, we should have we should have went and said something to the guy because I wasn't expecting that walking into this place. But, 
You, you guys ever see the videos of uh, Salt Bay on uh, social media? Yeah, I've seen that. Fuck that guy. guy. There's no way that meat's well well cooked. No, there's no, no way. Shot. Yeah, no not way. unless this guy that was cooking our steaks in Mississippi was cooking those. And even then, it was too thick. I, I think he would struggle. They, there's, there's any good chef yeah. would. Exactly. Exactly. I don't want to see the chef come out and pull the bones out. No. No. Get your ass back in that kitchen. Yes. Yes. Fuck Salt Bay. I see a lot of people going to his restaurant in the city in Miami. Fuck that place. No, and you guys are right. Like, I, I've had a few, you know, bone and ribeyes lately that, like, I just haven't liked. But, you know, this was, there was no bone in it. It was just a 14-ounce ribeye, and it, it was done well. People do too much. Side. They do too much. They try and pull out all the best and whist- bells and whistles. Hey, slap it on the grill, slap it in the oven, whatever you got to do. Just none of this whole, you know, oregano and, and you know, uh, chopped onions on top. No, none of that. Give me the steak the way God intended it to be. Cook it the way our ancestors did it for centuries. Let's be fair, though. There's a there's a fine line to walk. You could severely overcook a thin steak. Oh, oh, we're, we're not. If you're we're not, not paying attention to it. We're not, we're not talking IHOP steak and eggs here. You know, we're big IHOP guys. At least I am. I'm not saying that. I'm saying at a restaurant of some decency, a thin steak is the move. It's the way to go. And Jack, to your point, I would like to say that these chefs that are cooking these thin steaks are more talented. Anybody can cook a thick steak. There is a large margin for error. You leave it on for an extra minute, that's ah, fine, it's thick. <laughs> thin steak, 30 seconds, that'll make or break your steak, buddy. For real, seriously, like, I, I guarantee you this guy was back there, like, fucking looking at every steak. Like, turn that one, turn that one now. Like, ordering people around, when to flip them, when to turn them. You probably had one of those old school timers that you wind with your hand. Ripping ciggies to stay relaxed like all good chefs do. But I like that, you know, you get a little bit of the secondhand smoke in the meat, loosens it up a little bit. I think it adds to the flavor. Something I've been seeing a lot of these days is these would you rathers on Twitter, Instagram, wherever I see them. So I took it upon myself to come up with one. Boys, Luke, Jack, would you rather kill a homeless person and have nobody find out, just the guilt, or would you rather have somebody watch you for the rest of your life every single time you take a shit? And there it is. Oh. Well, I got a question right off the bat. <laughs> Do I know the homeless person's backstory? <laughs> can I just, you know, can I? No, you're, you're dropped into a room and it's like, you guys have seen Jason Bourne where it's like the last test is like, all right, you need to kill this person. See, like if you're in the, the circle of like agents and he just picks up the gun and shoots a person with like a mask on. Okay. That's the scenario. All right. Okay. I don't, I don't mask know. on. Mask on changes it for me because that's that's a no brainer. You know, I it's you, you got you got to just cut your losses, trim some fat, and you know take take a body. I I agree with you, but I think Jack, I think you have to know that it's not the homeless person's fault that they're homeless. <laughs> Are you still doing it? Oh God. Oh no. All right. Listen here. So. Homeless person is over 50, under 70. Age doesn't matter so much as as whether I know the backstory. Because, you know, you're, you're, you're sitting in that room. You're hoping, you're praying it's some guy that got off on some felony charge going under the radar. 
but you're rolling the dice. Flip side of that coin. My morning shit is crucial. Sacred. To my day. I'm with you. Could you have somebody in there with you? <sighs> it's a... If it was someone that was down for the process, because it's not a five-minute deal, there's so much that goes into it. It's catching up on social media. I don't think that I could have someone along with me for that ride. I know I couldn't. Boogie, where do you weigh in at? I mean, my Irish Catholic guilt is just way too strong. I could never live with it, but it's hard. Like, I can't even piss when somebody's next to me at the urinal. I have that problem too. Yeah, you know, every guy has that problem. And if they tell you they don't, you've met a liar. And to think you're sitting there and it's like, yo, like, I gotta take a shit. And like they're in the room, like, I, I think it has to be prefaced, like they're looking at you. Like yeah. th- their eye contact doesn't budge off you. No. But at the same time, like morally, like I just I, I couldn't live with myself. I think it would be a few really rough months of working through that in my cycle, but I think after a while it, it outweighs the guilt I would carry my whole entire life of, you know, just being like, hey, like, you know, I've, like you just get used to it after a while, you know? So, I mean, so, so, so you get used to it, you know, you're on social media and you see a tweet and you're like, Randy, <laughs> what, do you, what do you think about this? It's crazy, right? Legit, I mean, kind of the picture I had in my head, like I'd show him something, like I'd be like LOLing, and and he'd be like, what's so funny, dude? And then like I'd show him, and like he'd think it's funny. And then like after a while, like it's part of your ritual, it's part of your process, and like you probably look forward to those conversations that's you might a good be having point. there. You know, and, and for some reason I'm envisioning this guy is like, like full suit in the corner, like Secret Service type deal. But like he's seen a lot of stuff in his day, and like, you know, like, like you said, you look forward to it. He's like, this is like the low point in my day in terms of action. Like, this is nothing compared to the shit that I got to deal with for the next 23 and a half hours. Sai, what do you got to say? I mean, I would kill two homeless people. I, without a doubt in my mind, I cannot shit if somebody is present. I would die of constipation before. So honestly, for me, the question becomes... How many wouldn't I kill? <laughs> Do I want to live or die? Literally. That's what it come down to. You're saying. I honestly, Bro, you guys, just start shitting your pants in public. I'm not kidding you. I would probably cap myself off at seven homeless people dead <laughs> before <laughs> I am taking somebody in the bathroom. You're taking me. God's number at seven. That's real great. Yeah. Oh, good for you. Well, I like to think God, that'd be like a God's, you know, like a God's wink. When I got up there, I'd be like, ah, <laughs> those don't count. You're, you're gotta, good. Something about how Luke phrased it, you know, a guy standing in a suit in the corner. Simon it's I- professional, you know, like it's, it's, it's not, you know, it's, it's professional deal. Yeah. It's like, no, I, I get it. I get it. But a thought came to my mind, Simon. I want to hear you weigh on this really badly. Picture this. You have two options. One, there is a clown that is standing in the corner of every room looking at you everywhere you go the rest of your life but nobody can see it or there is somebody dressed as an Easter bunny that follows you the same way the clown would but everybody sees it which one are you picking? 
I think I'm picking the bunny just so I could have a topic of conversation with every single person I ever meet. Oh, I, I totally agree, too, because talk about an icebreaker. You just walk in a room, you're like, the fuck is that guy? You're like, look at that fucking weirdo. I mean, yeah, exactly. Like, can you, can you get a load of this guy over here? Mm-hmm. Is this guy serious? So the bunny would be watching you shit, just like the person in our last scenario, watching you fuck, watching you shower, everything in between. You're, you're cool with that. But, but you got to think, though, you can flip it on the bunny. Like, dude, well, why are do you in, like, why are you here? Like, do you enjoy this? But it's not going to leave. I'm killing the yeah, bunny. That's a good point. Does he come back? Yeah. You. So you. He you, responds every you've time. You've not got blood on your hands for seven homeless people and one bunny. <laughs> well, the thing is, I, I think. <laughs> How this, do you sleep with yourself at night? This is a stupid question because now we're talking about hallucinating. We're entering into a fictional world here, guys. <laughs> just well, entered hey, a world where you could kill a homeless hey, person. Let me, let me somebody watch you shit the rest of your life. Let me bring this back. That's to re- realistic. <laughs> let me bring this back to reality for you guys with having to uh, go to the bathroom in front of people. So for those of you that don't know, I played football in college and part of playing football in college is drug tests. Throughout the course of your career, you'll get five, 10, 15, 20 random drug tests. My roommate was so deathly afraid of going to the bathroom all time in front of people he would freeze. So this isn't his first drug test, maybe his second or third, so he's still new at it. So part of the drug test, for those that, that don't know, you, you go into a room, you, you select your, your, your little cup, you take the lid off, then you go in a bathroom stall, and there's a guy in there watching you go. So my roommate, Knows he's got the drug test tomorrow, so he's 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 chugging water, so he's gonna wake up, not go pee in the morning, just go there and, and pee. It's at like 6 a.m. Slugs three, four, five, six bottles of water, goes the next morning and gets his cup. He's in the stall, nothing. Half hour goes by, nothing. Hour goes by, nothing. And there's other people that get selected for the drug test at the same time. Everybody's finished except for him. So at this point, you like there's some graduate assistant there that's like, dude, come, like, let's go. Like, I'm trying to go get breakfast. Dude still can't go. We're at like the two hour mark now, and he's like desperate. So he's like, this is gonna sound so weird, man, but every time I take a shit, <laughs> I I pee a little. <laughs> And the dude at this point's like, whatever it takes, bro. Goes in the stall. Again, dude's got to be in the stall with him. Has to be watching. Has to be looking at it. Make sure there's no funny business going on. And this was one of those shits. Taco Bell. Just explosive. Toes start to tingle. <laughs> Loose feeling below the knees. No. <laughs> Nothing. Oh boy. So you just shit with a grown ass <laughs> man in the stall with you and nothing. The embarrassment. Long story short, you're at like the three and a half hour mark. The body, it, you gotta release, gets it over with. But to make it real for you guys, 
I, I don't know. I don't know how, if either of you guys have ever had to, had to shit or piss in front of people, but that could be a real problem. I would be in probably the same scenario. I would never result to taking a shit. I think after a certain amount of time, I could talk myself into just peeing, but I, I feel for the guy. That's a psycho move. That's a, I mean, so clearly this person we know would probably kill more than seven homeless people to be in a situation where he doesn't have somebody watching the rest of his life. Yeah. You, I mean, you, you got to know yourself. I mean, whatever it takes to avoid something like that, because that's something you can't come back from. All right, guys. So something I wanted to talk to you about, and, you know, I, I kind of mentioned that, you know, I plan to pick up basketball league at work and. It gets ultra competitive. You got a bunch of kids who, you know, played sports in high school or, or college, you know, and we were out there playing and some kid like came in. He's like, yo, like I run with you guys. And we're like, yeah, like for sure. Like, that's cool. And like this guy was like going so hard. I don't know if he's trying to impress us or some shit, but like my buddy went up and like tried to block him on a shot. And, you know, we're all washed up athletes here. And he came down and it was just like a, you just heard like a pop. And then like he started screaming and it was super fucked up. I didn't look. I like ran the other way because I don't like that shit. And, you know, he goes to the hospital. Like we find out like he tore his meniscus, a bunch of shit in his knee. And it, it, it really sucked. I, like I actually felt bad because like we're all out there just trying to have fun. You know, he missed some time from work. But like it got me thinking that, you know, what's the point of an injury where like you do feel bad for someone that you know? And like, where's the point where it's like, I, I think that's just stupid what you were doing. You know, wh where would you guys fall on that? I feel bad for your buddy. Because, one, that's a gritty injury. It's not like he just tripped. He was going up for a shot and, you know, going up for, he going up for a shot. He was going up for a shot block. Even, I know. even better. Going like, up for that who plays defense and pickup? We do. Because exactly. it's gritty. Exactly. And I like to so think you that your it. buddy is just trying to get away from reality in this basketball league. Just like how middle-aged men play golf. He's going there to just release some tension, get away from the wife and kids for a little bit. And how does he get rewarded? Torn meniscus. That's terrible. I feel for the guy. That's terrible. I, oh boy. I do. I feel I feel I, I feel for the guy. Let's let's draw what? a line here. Let's draw what? a line here. That comes up to the line of like, we feel bad. Okay? Tell me what's on the other side of that line where you almost want to sit down with the person and say, I don't feel bad for you. I want to tell you how stupid you are for doing what you did. I, I think that's a critical part to the statement because if it's your friend, if it's your family, you're always going to feel bad for the person regardless of the injury. Of course. But if, if it's a coworker or someone that you're not necessarily close to, if the person tells you what they're going to do before they do it and you're like that's a horrific fucking idea i like that like if a friend of a friend comes up to me and's like dude i'm gonna go run with the bulls my reaction is like i'm not bringing flowers to your funeral <laughs> don't expect much from me yeah you're, you're not I'll gonna sign the guest here. book that's about it <laughs> i agree completely if you're putting yourself in harm's way and you get injured, you, uh, it, 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 there's no excuse. You know, you literally signed up for that. Yeah. You know, your buddy at work tells you, hey, I got to pick up basketball game. 24 hours later, you hear from him. He's hurt. Hey, I got to pick up hockey game. We know a guy that does that. It's like, ah, I caught a blade to the leg. You know, it's a pretty bad cut. It's like, 
oh man, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, it's passion of the game. But you come out and say some fuck shit to me, like we're going on vacation New Zealand and I'm going to squirrel suit jump. <laughs> oh. And you having to like clip a tree, lose an arm, something on the way down. <laughs> like, buddy. I don't know what you want me to say here. I'm not the gallery. I'm not the choir you want to preach to about like, you know, feel bad for me. Woe is me. I didn't tell you to go squirrel suit jumping. First of all, I don't know if many people live off of a squirrel suit accident. I mean, Valid point. I only hear people fucking smacking into rocks and pretty much liquefying that, themselves. That, that's, <laughs> yeah, that, that's a squish. That's that's not a crunch. That's, no. that's a squish. <laughs> Um, I'll tell you one thing though. It's funny you brought this up because I was thinking about this the other day, Luke, when somebody comes into work or actually calls off of work saying that they slipped on the ice. I hate that. Can you be an athlete? One, use your eyes. Look for the ice. Two, if you can't regain your balance after a small slip, there's a bigger issue at stake. And three, if you happen to fall, you need to have the body control, not to just flail about cover your head, cover your vitals. And if you walk away with anything more than just a sprained wrist, I, I don't know what to say to you. Maybe get one of those wheelchairs. That's 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 what I'm saying too. With the ice in particular, lower body injuries, that's gotta be a case by case basis. Upper body, what do most people wear in the winter? Puffer jackets. Yes. Might as well be wearing shoulder pads. You're good up to 10 <laughs> feet fall. You're Bare good. Minimum. Like you I said, mean, come on. you got to be an athlete too. So like, it's a case by case basis. But, it, you know, I, if it's a friend, you're feeling bad for him. If it's a if it's an acquaintance, it's like, Roger, get your shit together, man. Like, come on. And of course, like we wouldn't vocalize this to him, but this is how we and I presume everybody else feels I might, about the situation. I might vocalize it. Debbie, what are you doing? Come on, you know. What are you thinking, kid? What are you doing? Exactly. So, one thing that pops in my mind is water-related injuries. God damn it. I, I was just going to ask, how do you feel about somebody who jumps in a tank of sharks and gets hurt? Oh, that's... that's. I don't know if that's no, where you were going with it, but, like, no. I was thinking, like, somebody who's like, yeah, I'm going to go dive with the sharks. Like most dangerous animals in the world that guns with the bull running also sharks are not even close to the most dangerous animals in the world mosquitoes i see where you're going with that <laughs> I, I was talking whitewater rafting yes you know the risks going for, okay any activity that you do for quote unquote fun that requires safety training beforehand if you have to watch a video if you have to wear a helmet and you are doing this for fun on vacation? With other amateurs surrounding you doing it. Let alone in a third world country? I'm signing the guest book, that's about it. I, you're, not, you're not getting my sympathy. I think I should touch on a subject where I was one of these people once. You know, I, I was the kid who came back and the people were telling me, Jack, you're an idiot for what you did. And uh, it was a third world country, we call it Mexico. Um, horrible terrible mean place and is that what you guys call it mexico yeah third oh. world country um and you know i was down there in high school and i wanted to go parasailing i'm like wow this sounds like so fun 
water related activity. What a mistake. What a mistake it was because, well, I'll get to that, but. I wish I was there with you when you said, let's go Paris. I want to smack you in the back of the head. I wish you were there for me after to say, you're an idiot. Cause you told me that when I got back stateside, but you know, we go out there and we're like, all right, we'll do it today. I'm like walking out of the hotel, get hit by some wind. You're like, it's a little windy out here, but we got it. You know, we pull up to the dock and there's no other parasails up, but you know, I wasn't thinking about that cause I'd parasailed before. I'm like, this is easy money. Um, you know, so we get in the parasail, like we go out and then, you know, I, I get up there a couple hundred feet and it starts wavering a little bit. And mind you, like we're sitting in a bench. We're not like harnessed in or anything. Thought it was going to be good to go. And I like started to notice like with the wind picking up that there was no other parasails in the air out in the ocean, in the bay where we were at. Began to worry a little bit as we got higher. It started to teeter. And like it got to the point where like, you know, imagine we're at a flat angle here. And They're like the horizon line. We're at the horizon line in our bench. And it had tilted to about like a 45 degree angle. And my partner with me at the time was like sliding down next to me. And I was like grappling onto this side like rope wench thing. Meanwhile, I did not tell them my intentions of what would happen if we had flipped. But I thought in my head, I was like, all right, this is what we're going to do. If this bad boy flips over, we're, <laughs> we're going to lock on to this rope right here and then we're just gonna hang until they bring us down. I didn't vocalize my plans to the other person because I didn't want to panic them, but smart. I had a plan in my head, ready to go. And like my mom and dad are on the boat and they're like, yeah, honey, like yelling at me, like taking pictures and shit. And I'm like down there like screaming my lungs off, like scaredest I've ever been in my whole life. I thought I was gonna fall out of this thing. It was so windy. What? My God. Was there a release form that was signed before you go? Yes. That's what makes it worse. That's a scary part. Exactly. I was hoping I you died were, and we would have got no money for it. I was hoping That's the biggest shame of it all. That you were gonna say no and you just rolled up and Enrique's like like let's do it. Like you know, like it, it basically could have been. I, I think they wrote the release form in Cran and I just signed it and I was good to go. But anyways, like I get back to the boat after it happens, like I I'm literally shaking and then I was sick the rest of the vacation. I thought I had Montezuma's revenge, but I think it's because like my nerves were so high. But that was a situation where like I myself was there and somebody could have been like, you're an idiot, you shouldn't have done that. And that's what I would have said to a coworker in that situation too. So wait, what was the injury? Just the Montezuma's revenge? I didn't get injured. No, 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 no. I survived. So it's a hypothetical and that if you would have gotten a, injured- It was a what if. It's not a hypothetical, it's not a what if. This was a real life situation that you two never lived through like I did. And in that moment, I was very scared, okay? But if something would have happened, I would have wanted people to actually greet me with, you're an idiot, not I feel bad for you. That's what I'm saying. Like that, th that's where the line's at. Do you, you not get what I'm saying? You would have got that from me, pal. I know I would have got it from you, Simon. You're not seeming to grasp the concept here. Yeah, you're my, you're my brother. I would have felt bad for you either way, buddy. Well, thank you. Here, here's the thing that, that, that I'm gonna toss out there you know that hitting the water, hitting still water from a certain height is yeah, the same like as hitting, hitting concrete. concrete. I know. I'm aware. Heady ball play. Had if my pencil dive ready. If there's something that breaks the water. Yeah, like the passenger and the thing with me. More, thought about that too. Morbid. More, you know, you can play it off like, dog oh, eat dog world. you know, they slip down a little and they hit the water first. Yep. Then you got you, a nice you ripple put your effect. feet on their shoulders. They break the water. And then you just dive in. And you do like a semi-squat. 
to cushion the blow, like if an elevator's falling, a bunch of stories, you're supposed to jump, hypothetically. You do one of those. Yep. Listen, I killed seven homeless people earlier in the podcast. I am not going to be worried about Joe Sixpack sitting next to me on the pet. He is going right under. I'm snowboarding that bitch into the water. Survival of the fittest. He didn't think of it. I did. up a story on the spot saying, hey, we need a totem pole this thing. <laughs> you're at the bottom of it. And my force on top of you is the only way you're going to break through. And they're going to be so scared. And I'm going to be so much more calm that they're going to do what I say. And you know what? Everything goes to hell. You still come out as the hero. Because you had a plan. (laughs) Another thing that's been on my mind a lot, and especially with uh, just recently, the overall lack of preparedness in the service industry. And I understand that it's a thankless job. You work for tips. I get that. Let me preface this with, I go to Brugger's Bagels. 8.30 a.m. on a Tuesday. I walk in and ask for an everything bagel with jalapeno cream cheese. She looks at me and says, I'm sorry, we're all out of everything bagels. What? 8.30 a.m. Most popular bagel in America. I Again, I, I'm not there at 5 a.m. when they open, and I'm not there at 2.45 like a psycho in the afternoon asking for, like you said, the most popular bagel in America. Branching on that, I'm not asking for a whole wheat gluten-free pumpernickel. It's an everything bagel. So, she says, hey, let me go check in the back to see when they'll be ready. I'm like, all right, no worries. She comes back and says, it's going to be 12 to 15, 12 (laughs) to 15 minutes. First, who has that type of time to wait at 830 in the morning when you have somewhere to be at nine? Who's waiting that time? Nobody. Second of all, is there no awareness in the staff to be like, oh, wow, you know, most popular bagel in America. We're running a little low. Let's <laughs> pop some in the fryer. However, they make bagels. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's in the back saying, eh, you know, everything's getting a let's little take, low. Let's, let's take oh, some inventory now, here. So, yeah. You know, let's let's be ahead of the curve. So I, I end up and I, I, I had, I do know, I had a whole wheat everything bagel. Oh, yeah, it's there, but it's it. So, so tell about the tidbit though. How then they they put you pigeonholed you into the tough situation. First of all, where there's a line behind you that's, now. That's the worst part about it too. Is the woman says it's gonna be 12 to 15. Do you want to wait? I gotta think on my toes here now. I went in there craving an everything bagel with jalapeno cream cheese. Now there's a line building behind me, and I look like the asshole. Everyone's like, is this guy gonna fucking order? Like, come like, come on now, man. Like, you came here for a bagel. How many options are there? They don't know. They don't know the struggle that I went through. Fuck so those again, people. it's the overall lack of preparedness. Brugger's bagels, you would think that they would have the awareness to think ahead, but they don't. And I and I have a short fuse with stuff like that. I it's I hate that. I hate that so much. If it was dinner, it's another thing you're going to bed in a few hours. 
but breakfast to start off Most your important day. Most important meal of the day. To start off your day in the wrong foot. And you know what? I hate the fact that they give you some bullshit, half-assed, whole wheat, everything bagel. It's like having sex with a condom on. Honestly, I would rather go without. I would rather not have sex because it's it's not the same. It's not worth it. And I would rather just wait till lunch if I were you. You're you see, bigger. You're a bigger man than me. It, it, well, the whole wheat, everything bagel. That's a rush selection too. That's a rookie pick. You know, hate it. Like I mean, if you go you got whole wheat, you got Asiago on the table. Exactly. You crumbled. But, but I'm in. <laughs> I would have been disappointed if I was in line behind you. And be like, this guy fucking sucks. See, Make but I feel like, like if I was in line behind me and it was another person, I'd feel for the person. Like if I heard someone order and everything, and they're like. It's gonna be twelve to fifteen. I'm like, I'm almost down on a knee. Like, oh, buddy, man, I'm because I know how that can ruin someone's day. Let me ask you this. Now you said it. You have a short temper with people in the service industry in situations like this. That being said, you're an understanding guy. Is there any scenario you're fifth in line? You hear some guy with a similar scenario. He starts, you know, kind of, you know, getting a little pushed around by the service staff. Is there any scenario where you step up and say, no, get this guy's fucking bagel? Is there any scenario where that happens? You stand up for the average Joe. Yes and no. It, it depends. It depends on the situation. Because here's the thing. When I uncork, I uncork. Oh, there, I there's, know. There, there's We've no, been there. There's no in-between. So if the, if the guy at the front of the line or the woman at the front of the line is getting bullied by someone who's getting paid to do their job and they're half-assing it, I might step up and throw, you know, throw it, throw a under the breath remark like, yeah, hey, do your job, pal. <laughs> but yeah, but I, I don't know. I don't know. Because when I go, I commit. I, yeah. I mean, I'm not going full torque in there. I'm just, like I said, probably saying something, talking to the guy in front of me, be like, wow, this person sucks at making bagels back here. Uh, but, you know, speaking on that, <laughs> thinking about Luke. <laughs> going fully uncorked takes me back to when we were in college and we, and we went to the Bahamas <laughs> one year and we were down there and we, we had come back it was like kind of late and uh, our room key first of all it hadn't worked twice already on the trip and this was like day two and like it was late we were tired um, had just like eaten like ready to go to bed and like the room key wasn't working again and you know I could just see Luke like it was almost like a cartoon like his face got red there was steam coming out of his ears i'm like buddy like calm down he's like no i'm not gonna fucking calm down so before i know it he's marching down to the desk so so we come back and and like boogie said the room key had already not worked twice on the first day thought it was resolved clearly it wasn't i think it's 1 30 or something like that we get back i go to to buzz in key in with the room key red flashing lights I'm like, oh shit, I probably had it by my phone. I go down to the desk. Excuse me, ma'am, I'm sorry. It's 1.30, there's no one down there. Ma'am, sorry. I think I had my room key by my phone. It demagnetized. No worries, here's another. Go back up. Same thing, red lights. Doesn't work again. I'm like, mm, all right. Well, this is frustrating. So I go back down. I'm like, ah. Room 1172, um, I, I don't think I had it by my phone, but maybe just, you know, make sure you get it in there. All right. New room key, second time today, fourth on the trip. Go back up, red light again. This is where it starts. He literally 
I, I, I'm outside in the hallway. Granted, I'm, I'm pretty drunk at this point. I'm like, yeah, like you got it, Luke. Like, whatever, go for it. He's holding the room key out in front of him, like up in the air. So it doesn't go anywhere near his phone. And I guarantee you, he took it all the way down to the desk like that. Oh, 100%. Above his head, walking to the desk. And then what happened next? Elevator doors open. Room key. Two feet above my head. Walk to the desk. Still not being rude. I'm like, hey. <laughs> Number five on the trip here. It's You see it. Above my head. Still doesn't work. I'm so sorry. I'll have maintenance come up and meet you. Okay, thank you. I go upstairs, no room key in hand. 15 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, no maintenance, fuse blown. So I, he goes back downstairs, very pissed off. Literally, I, I think they were simultaneous elevators. A maintenance guy walks out as soon as Luke gets in another elevator. Then he like comes start talking to me and he's like, yeah, like I'll open the door for you. However they talk down there, that Jamaican accent or whatever. Um, and he can't even get it open. And I'm like, all right, like this is a real fucking problem now. And he's like sit, sitting out there in the hallway with me. And then, you know, Luke's down at the desk going nuclear on him. So I go to the desk and I'm like, Man, I, I need to speak to a manager right now. She's like, I'm sorry. The manager's already out. I'm like, no, 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 Call no. Him Call up. that motherfucker. <laughs> get you, him in here. You were sorry on attempt number one, two, and three tonight. I know it's not your fault. This is priority manager now. Stat. So she looks at me like, well, what do you want me to do about it? And I'm like, ma'am, I'm not leaving. Like, this isn't attempt number one or two. This is attempt number six on the trip, five tonight, whatever it is. I was a little rude to her. Nothing bad. Long story short, the manager comes out apologizes and you know I'm sorry sir we're gonna get this figured out and I'm like sorry he's not cutting it the time that I wasted going up and down do you have any idea what I could have been doing with my time realistically absolutely nothing would have been sleeping (laughs) renting a movie nothing drinking more but it's the thought that counts (laughs) so long story short he's like how about a hundred dollar credit I'm like you make it 500 now we're talking he's like 500 we resolve this problem, say no more. And there it goes. That's how you get it done. But That's meanwhile, ridiculous. I'm up in the hallway and the front desk lady, not the manager, comes up to join me and the maintenance guy. And she looks at me and she goes, you know, your friend is very mean downstairs. <laughs> and I go, yeah, you know, he can get like that sometimes. And like we start talking and then like she keeps beating on Luke and she's like, you're just so much nicer than him. I wish I could have dealt with you. And I was like, nah, like, you don't mean that. Like, he's a good guy. And then, you know, we, we get up and it's all jokes and laughs. Not with the manager. Fuck that guy. We got our credit burned through it pretty quickly. But I, I think the bigger point here is this was a, a, a problem, a quip with the service industry. So, boys, at what point, Simon, weigh in, do you, like, blow your gasket for Luke and us here it was you know late at night 30 40 minutes into a prospect process and it's like everything's coming out we're throwing low blows we're getting personal we're talking about their weight problems to get what we need done you know what's your breaking point this is a tough one 
I am a generally reserved person in this scenario. I don't like to blow my top for service people. And to be completely honest, I don't know if I ever have at this point in my life. But I'm conscious of the fact that growing up, being a man, this is part of the deal. You got to flip your lid sometimes on these service people in order to get what you want. I think for me, my breaking point, it'd be somewhere around that, you know, third mistake mark, third time's a charm, whatever the saying is. First, somebody, by three, yeah. somebody makes a mistake. It happens again. You know, something happens again. It's, eh, it's all right. Third time, fix it. You know, this is ridiculous. I need to be reimbursed for my time. Much like my brother said, he's definitely more like that. I should probably take notes next time this happens, but. And it's again to you, you got to understand where you're at this situation. If, if we're staying at, at a red roof inn or a motel six, you're going to roll with punches. You, you pay for the service and you, you get what you pay for. You, exactly. Yeah. But this was, this was paradise Island. This the Atlantis. Resort. This is a couple hundred bucks a night for the room. And like you said, third time you're going to blow, you know, you're going to blow your lid. I let two slide on the first, on check-in day. <laughs> we were so happy to be there. We were in the lazy river drinking daiquiris. It was great. You get one shot at a first impression. I let two slide on check-in day. Then I let two slide, one and a half slide. I had low attitude on the second time, second day. When's enough enough? You're getting soft. Luke, I know would have flipped on the second time. No third chance, just second. I, where I'm at, mine's seven minutes. You might ask. Well, that's a peculiar number there, Jack. I'll go back to a moment. It was this past summer. I was waiting on an Uber. They said they were going to be there in six minutes. Okay. Waited six minutes. The Uber didn't arrive. So I waited seven minutes after that. It was 2.30 at night. I was in Cincinnati. Mind you, this is the first time I was meeting my girlfriend's sister and her boyfriend. We had gone out for her birthday. It was a fun night, but I was tired. I was drunk. I was like, I need to get home. So it's seven minutes after the estimated arrival, my Uber, I'm watching it because you can fucking track it on GPS, sitting in Kentucky. For those of you who don't know, like Kentucky's a mile and a half away from Cincinnati. So like he was across the bridge. So I call him, I was like, uh, like, hey, hey buddy, like, w- what are you doing right now? And he goes, oh man, like I- I'm just getting gas. And I was like, oh, good, good. Um, I-, I see you've been sitting there for 13 minutes now. And he goes, well, no, I haven't. And I was like, yeah. Uh, yeah. You have. I, I've been watching you on GPS. And then he starts to get like a little defensive with me and goes, well, like, don't you want me to have gas when you, when I pick you up? And I was like, yeah, like, that'd be fantastic if you had gas, like when you picked me up and he goes, okay, like, so you're going to wait while I get gas. And I go, no, 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 that's, that's not, that's not what's going to happen here. What's going to happen is you should have gotten gas 30 minutes before you picked me up when, when I called a ride when I asked for your service, which I was going to pay you money for, I'm like yelling at this guy on the phone, telling him all this shit. And he's like, you know what? Like, you know, I got to get, get like, do you want us to run out of gas on the ride home? And I'm like, no, motherfucker. I want you to get gas before you accept my ride, not waste my time getting gas. And he goes, you know what? I, I'm just going to cancel the ride. I'm going to eat the $5 fee. And I was like, good. Like you better. That was a moment where I was just like, okay, my threshold in the service industry has been crossed. And it was, it was only seven minutes. So I, I, I don't know. I, I agree with that. I, I like, I like that timing. And I think that that situation is warranted because Luke's is as well. Oh, absolutely. Sure. 100%. Oh. Even the bagels. 
Of course, he, you could have been even more aggressive with the bagel people. Oh, I, if you I, asked push, me. I pushed that down. They're I lucky it was early up. for you. They're yeah. lucky. They caught you on a good night's rest. Now, that being said, we've all been there at a restaurant. Some poor girl waitress messes up on the first go and just gets absolutely berated. That I have no respect for. What about uh, Simon? I remember a time when we were having a nice dinner on vacation. Beautiful view of the harbor. Wonderful restaurant. You remember that? You remember that incident about three summers ago? Yeah. What the happened there? The Harbor View Inn? I remember that. See, now that wasn't me. That was my father. Yeah. Well, you know, Phyllis said that was Luke too. He, he got a little involved. That was the man, the men before me. I am the youngest in the family here. Let's talk about, let's talk about the, the young lady at the restaurant who you were just referencing, but who made a fatal mistake. You know, I don't even remember that waitress because... I remember there was another waitress on duty that I was praying was at our table because she was Looking so to beautiful. Oh, God. I mean, <laughs> I wow. think she was a hostess. I don't think she was a waitress, Simon. She must have been. She must have been. She was tempting me all night. <laughs> so so basically, the, the I don't remember the incident. Background of the story goes is we had a party of maybe eight. Again, larger party, understandable. We get it. It's going to take a little Anybody longer. who's worked in the service industry, myself, I think we all have. You understand it's it's going to be a little delayed. We sat down right when the place opened. We'll say 6 o'clock. We were the only table in there, taking our time, enjoying ourselves. We got a bottle of wine. Nice bottle of wine, a couple hundred dollar bottle of wine. She brings it over to the table. Doesn't show it. Just opens it, uncorks it, and starts pouring goes all the way around the table and we're like ho 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 whoa there little buddy what are you doing this isn't what we ordered and she this is where it started she she looks at us with a look like well what do you want me to do about it your job um you broke protocol for serving here so that's where it started Resolved it, took the wine back, brought the right one. Everybody gets a glass. Nothing rude happened. Whatever, we go on. We order. An hour goes by. Everyone else around us gets served. Again, bigger party, not a big deal. Half hour from there, now an hour and a half after the order. We're like, where's our food? So we grab our waitress. She says, well, they sat down before you. Bull shit. That's a fucking lie. So if, if you get lied to by someone that you're paying to do a job. Yeah, that was the thing. It was the, that, it was that's the, lie. the issue. That's it doesn't matter about how long it takes. If you get lied to, that's when the issue occurs. But hold on. So yeah, yeah, yeah. They lied to us about that, but there was a real reason behind why we were being held up and I guess there was some private event, maybe like an engagement dinner or something in the back. But like this girl who had already fucked up our wine and we were like, yo, like, that's not cool. Like, that's not what you do. Had, had gone on to like scramble when we asked her a question about our food and was just like, oh, it's because they were seated before you. And we're like, no, like they weren't. And then Rob and uh, and Luke go um, like, you know, what, you, you need to bring the manager out here. And then the manager told us, you know, oh, I'm so sorry. We actually had like an engagement dinner in the back. <laughs> and Rob goes, he goes, well, she just lied to our face and said that they were seated before us. 
and it got aggressive. I was uncomfortable sitting there at the table, not because of the company I was with, but because of the manager. I felt bad for her. I was very, very uncomfortable. Simon doesn't even remember because he was still looking at the hostess, um, <laughs> just fantasizing about her. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, long story short, we got that dinner comped, right? We did. Yeah, we did. And but then- we're not we're not talking about a dinner. We're talking about a <laughs> dinner. Eight people. The food alone was probably seven hundred, eight hundred dollars. It was high. It was All high. of the wine was comped, and the fucking manager made the mistake of letting us know that the dinner was comped before dessert orders were placed. I think I took two desserts home. To a pop. Dummy. To a pop. Yep. Absolutely. We'll take a tiramisu to go to. Hey, buddy, you'd be stupid not to. And and, and don't don't get the wrong idea about us. Is we're not bad we're, guys. We're, we're not looking. We don't go out to dinner looking for problems, looking for issues. But it, it, put yourself in the issues. If but if you're out there trying to entertain people and you're lied to, and it, it's it's a bad look, especially at a nice place where again, you know, we're not at uh, Red Roof Inn uh, All You Can Eat Buffet. We're not uh, at the Red Lobster. No. So, you know, it's, it's, you get what you pay for. And when you, when you pay the right, when you pay the good money for you, you expect uh, good service. And that's what this was. All right, guys, we are wrapping down the pilot episode here for Three is Company. And one thing to be on the lookout for every single week is each person, Jack, Luke, and me, are going to have one minute to talk about anything uninterrupted. Little complaint box, we'll call it. You know, I, is it a complaint though? Because some weeks, you know, I might just have some funny story or something to say. So I think it's just free reign for one minute. Each person uninterrupted. Sounds good. Let's start it off with Boogie's Beef. So here it was today. I have a Dunkin' Donuts gift card that has been burning a hole in my wallet. Coming home from downtown and I'm like, all right, I'm going to go to Dunkin'. Now, mind you, it's about like 25 minutes to get home and Dunkin's about like 15 minutes out of the way. So like I'm literally driving downtown I got to get over all these streets. I got to hit all these lights. You know, I'm behind all the, you know, the the coexist, you know, we're for Bernie stickers on the way home. And I'm like, where the, f- why aren't these fucking people at work? I'm not at work because I'm unemployed right now, soon to be gainfully employed. So I had a reason to be on the streets. I'm like driving down. People are going like 29 and 35. I'm fucking hungry. I need Dunkin'. I slept like 12 hours last night. My body was craving it. And I'm just like, you know, flying around cars, like slamming my brakes and red lights, just not happy about the traffic flow in East Cleveland, you know, getting from downtown to the east side. Really grinded my gears today. Got my Dunkin' though, and it was phenomenal. Luke, what's up with your log jam? So my my little uh, my little segment is going to be Luke's log jam. And uh, keeping with the theme of driving, um, is there anything worse than when you're on the highway? Maybe you're in, if you're in Florida, it's a sun pass. If you're on the uh, East Coast or Midwest, uh, we it's called Easy Pass. When you uh, and we all do, I, I have an Easy Pass. When you you go to get in the Easy Pass lane, and there's a Chevy Corolla or Toyota Corolla, whatever it is, it gets in the Easy Pass lane, pulls up. Reaches out to get a ticket. <laughs> Nothing's happening. And it backs everything up. Nothing worse. Not, get it in check. Nothing worse than people ill-equipped, don't have the easy pass or the sun pass, 
they get in the lane and they just log jam everything up. Skibo. I like it. Here. Um, Skibo's squib for the week. I cannot stand when I am watching a movie with somebody and they start rattling off questions because they weren't paying attention. Now this generally happens with female companions during movies. Now, babe, I get it. If we're watching The Da Vinci Code and you gotta crack a question, you let me know. But if we're watching Bruce Almighty and you can't keep up with that film, <laughs> that's, you know, that's your problem. So my squib for the week, ladies, men, when you're watching a movie, shut the fuck up and just watch. If you have a question, Google it or text it to me because I can't, I can't be taken away from the movie. That's it for me for the week. Well, uh, all right, guys. Um, I hope you guys uh, enjoyed our uh, little tidbits, our takes, uh, some stories that we told for the uh, Three is Company pilot uh, podcast episode. Uh, we're planning to do this every week, so hopefully um, you guys will continue listening. And uh, I, I know I had a good time. Hopefully you guys did too. Subscribe and five star. See ya. If you've made it this far, we thank you so much. Three is Company. Check in every week. Have a great rest of your day.